New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support. Hello, I'm Justine Willis-Toms, and today I'm hosting Steve McIntosh. He's a leader in the Integral Philosophy Movement and the author of The Presence of the Infinite, The Spiritual Experience of Beauty, Truth, and Goodness. Steve, welcome to the New Dimensions Cafe. Thank you, Justine. It's a pleasure to be with you. It's a pleasure to have you. Tell me, what are some of the spiritual teachings of evolution as you know them? Sure. As I explain in the book, the scientific and historical story of our origins, as it's come to light in the last few decades, is the biggest truth that humans can know with relative certainty, an external truth about the way the universe works and how it has come to be. And a truth this big and this profound contains not only scientific facts and information, but it also contains spiritual truth that is properly interpreted. The scientific and historical story of evolution is a revelation of spiritual truth that can supplement and complement practically every kind of spirituality or spiritual path. It's a a kind of a revelation of evolution, if you will. I know you mentioned in the book, you take us through the whole cosmology of the Big Bang, and you talk about the three Big Bangs. Big Bang, the forming of this finite universe. Right. I mean, even that unto itself, to think about it as the finite universe. What is that Big Bang? Sure. I should mention Holmes Ralston, whose book is entitled The Three Big Bangs, and I'm sort of you know using his terminology of that. But the Big Bang is now an established scientific fact that the universe itself began 13.8 billion years ago. It wasn't just like a supernova. Time itself begins 13.8 billion years ago. And that's hard to get our minds around, but there's this primordial emergence upon which all evolution has built since then is an astonishing, amazing spiritual fact. The fact that it's referred to as the Big Bang is like sort of a term of derision invented by materialists because it was so spiritually significant they had to find a way to make fun of it. (laughs) And then the idea that it's born into time and space. And even prior to the Big Bang, there's probably another whole universe that is not Well, there's multiverse theory, which posits that our universe is one of many. One of many. But the universe we live in had a distinct and dramatic beginning. Beginning. Yeah. And the second Big Bang would encompass... The emergence of life, right? Life. Life is not just a continuation of the emergence of matter. It's something new. Something new enters the universe with the appearance of life, and that is the purpose to survive and So reproduce. like the bacteria that started to form and to multiply and that, right. that Life was... has a very primitive but distinct form of purpose. You know, living things can fail to achieve their purposes, you know, and, and matter, matter doesn't strive to survive and reproduce. Life is a river that runs uphill, and so it represents a new category of evolution that transcends and includes the evolution of matter that preceded it. So then the third Big Bang would be... the emergence of of humanity. Living things are physical, but they're more than physical. They can't be reduced to matter. Humans are certainly animals, and we need to take great care of the biosphere. But we've transcended 
the biosphere in certain important ways. And the evidence for that is that we're able to evolve our culture and thus our consciousness in ways that other living things can't. So going back to the question, what are the spiritual teachings of evolution? Sure, Knowing in this context. In chapter two of the book, I summarize these and try to outline them in in a useful way. But I could highlight four of them now. One is the way evolution creates value, right? In other words, real value, not just anthropocentric subjective value, but authentic value in the way that something more keeps coming from something less, right? We start out with the debris of the Big Bang, hydrogen gas, and gradually over time, the periodic table of elements gets more and more complex, more and more accomplished. And then eventually we have life. Life, likewise, there's an entire structure of emergence whereby in our bodies, the hydrogen atoms that make up our water molecules were only created one time at in the Big Bang. All the hydrogen in the universe was created then and, and never since. So we're sort of in our very structure of our bodies, we're resting on all the accomplishments that have led from the Big Bang to us, both cosmological and biological. And I love it that we are made of star stuff. Right, right. That's a lovely um, yeah. uh, understanding. But this idea that we embody evolution's structure in our being, practically all the steps that have led to the transcendence of the biosphere itself in the form of the emergence of humanity, this third Big Bang, it's a teaching about how we are microcosmic expressions of the universe as a whole, which sort of leads to the second important teaching of evolution that you can read right off of it, is that within us, there's an impulse, a kind of a purpose. We have a higher purpose that many people can feel to self-actualize, to give our gifts, to live up to our potential, to make the world a better place and to grow ourselves in the process. This is known in evolutionary spirituality as the evolutionary impulse. And it begins in life with this striving to survive and reproduce, as I mentioned. And we can feel the evolutionary impulse at that biological level ourselves, right, through our biological urges. But we can also feel how that same impulse emerges through levels that we can feel within us so that we are drawn more and more to the beautiful, the true, and the good as our evolutionary impulse responds to the gravity of the infinite, to the the, the intrinsic values in terms of the way they attract us and pull us to higher states We're experiencing the purpose of the universe as a whole. In other words, if we want to know evolution's purpose, we only need to look within ourselves. Our purposes are its purposes. So the micro and the macro is the same. Loosely. The spiritual teachings of evolution is that as we embody evolution, both in our structure and in our intention, we can come to know through that profound realization of what the universe is, what the purpose of our lives are and how we can grow into that purpose. And this is the third teaching of the spiritual teachings of evolution, which is the the evolutionary significance of intrinsic values like beauty, truth, and goodness. When we understand that the evolution of human consciousness and culture is real evolution, it's not just an, an analogy of biological evolution. This structure of emergence links us in this moment to the Big Bang 13.8 billion years ago, right? The structure of emergence is alive within us. And because we know that our impulse to evolve is part of the real unfolding of evolution as a whole, we know that the beauty and the truth and the goodness that we live for, that we try to bring to our work, that we try to experience in our lives, that this has a kind of a gravity on evolution, which affects consciousness, right? The consciousness of animals and the consciousness of humans are drawn toward value, And value, in a sense, pulls evolution forward, acts as what's known in philosophy as a final cause, 
And we can begin to see as we're attracted to the beautiful, the true, and the good, and how human evolution proceeds because humans have been trying to improve their conditions. This idea of what counts as improvement has itself improved as new realizations, greater understandings of what is beautiful, true, and good have emerged in the course of human history. So, so you're saying that that value that we strive to express is in alliance with the universe's value of its own evolution. Right. Alfred North Whitehead, who's one of the founders of evolutionary thinking or integral philosophy, understood evolution as the increase in the capacity to experience what is intrinsically valuable. And that's sort of a consciousness-centric definition of evolution, which helps us appreciate that we're growing spiritually, we're evolving our consciousness as we come to appreciate what's intrinsically valuable to greater degrees. And so the beautiful, the true, and the good can grow us spiritually, not just in the way we experience them, but the way we can share them and mm-hmm. give them out to others and make the world, you know, gradually perfect the world through bringing beauty, truth, and goodness to the fore, which leads to the fourth spiritual teaching of evolution, which is humans are agents of evolution. We're empowered through our freedom to serve as co-creators of this gradually perfecting finite universe. In other words, we're, we're trying to make the world a better place. And we've, you know, through those efforts, created pathologies like global warming or nuclear proliferation. But an evolutionary understanding gives us cause for hope and optimism because we can see that the these problems themselves stimulate further evolution. You know, Einstein's famous for saying that problems can't be solved at the same level of thinking that created them. Well, that's this idea that we can evolve and solve problems by emerging to higher levels of consciousness, the move toward which are stimulated by these intractable problems that take higher consciousness to be solved. You know, every problem in the world, just about, can be understood as a problem of consciousness. And as we raise consciousness and strive toward wider estimates of what's valuable, we find that human conditions do improve, you know, overall, and that even though those bring new challenges which require further evolution, this idea that we are called to help co-create the universe and we're empowered to gradually perfect the universe of of nature, culture, and self through our work in the world, and especially through um, our services of goodness, our teachings of truth, and our expressions of beauty. So, in other words, you're saying that that the evolution of the universe is not predestined in some way, that we co-create. By discovering what's more perfect by our own lights, we add to a kind of the existential perfection of pure being, this experience of becoming more perfect by our efforts and through our striving. The achievement of experiential perfection in the finite universe through evolution is a real spiritual project that creates, you know, a new aspect of spiritual reality that we're privileged to co-create. So the premise of your whole work now is really something called evolutionary spirituality, and this is what you are most excited about in these days, right? Yes, indeed. The the, the subject of The Presence of the Infinite, my new book, is evolutionary spirituality, describing how it transcends and includes the other important forms of spirituality, how it's not a uniform belief system. It, It leaves plenty of room for pluralism and different forms of spirituality and different spiritual practices. But it represents an advance, as I argue in the book, over the existing forms of spirituality that we have today, which can provide greater spiritual leadership and help us solve these urgent problems. I mean. And it's not something that just um, throws out everything that has gone 
before us or in the past as, as far as any spiritual expression, whether it's uh, a belief in God or whether it's belief in dualism or whether what, whatever it is, Judaism or Christianity or, or Islam or whatever it is, right. it's not throwing that out. But it's including the best of that. Sure. It's using evolution's own technique, which is to always grow from within itself, building on what's come before. So evolutionary spirituality is just emerging now culturally out of progressive spirituality, out of the sort of the alternative countercultural milieu of spirit. But it's better integrating science and spirituality. That's one of the ways that it makes its move. And the way it does that is understand more deeply how evolution itself, how the science of evolution is a spiritual teaching and how that spiritual teaching can true up and help evolve all the forms of spirituality that are embraced within our pluralistic uh, agreement. So I'm kind of thinking of it as like it's taking what works, what is effective in those toward greater evolution towards beauty, goodness, and truth. So it's taking that and bringing it forward, building on that. The essence of it is is a new truth, a new light, which helps us appreciate what spiritual experience is. It can expand and enliven our spiritual practices, which can lead to greater depths of spiritual experience. And the new truth of evolutionary spirituality itself can help to true up and improve and to um, refine spiritual teachings of all kinds, because it, it acts as a supplement or a complement to spiritual truth. So what is your hope for the future of this thought? Well, I hope that evolutionary spirituality gains traction within the culture of the developed world and anywhere it can. I hope that it has enough spiritual fragrance that it can attract people to uh, explore it and to use it and to adopt it and to learn it and to create community around it, even an open pluralistic community that allows for a great diversity of, of understanding about what is ultimately real. And it's important to say that this isn't something that's set in stone, that is a package all wrapped up, that it's still cooking itself. It's still on the stove. It's so certainly to speak. not a static belief system or a mm-hmm. creedal, doctrinal understanding. It, it's more of a fluid appreciation of what it means to conceptualize and to practice our spirituality as something that's always continually evolving. You know, evolutionary spirituality is, as I see it, the next important step, but it itself will be eventually be transcended and included within a, a new emergence that goes beyond it. May it be so. I want to thank you so much, Steve, for being with us on the New Dimensions Cafe. My pleasure again. I've been speaking with Steve McIntosh, and he's the author of The Presence of the Infinite, The Spiritual Experience of Beauty, Truth, and Goodness. And if you want to know more about his work, you can go to his website, stevemackintosh.com. And Macintosh is spelled M-C-I-N-T-O-S-H, stevemackintosh.com. Or you can get there through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org. I thank you for joining us on the New Dimensions Cafe and invite you to please join us again. You've been listening to the New Dimensions Cafe. This series of shorter interviews features many of the remarkable guests also featured on our internationally syndicated one-hour New Dimensions radio series. To access more than a thousand hours of programs, to subscribe to our newsletters, or to become a member, please visit us at newdimensions.org.
New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support.